Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by show partners. We have tea with Benji as always. Late night, Monday night, UAE Team Emirates preview. Thank God I have Swift to get on straight after this to cool down after Benji's alleged hot takes. Some, you know, some have said they're icy cold. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. We, we need to I, – I try to just make them delusional, Benji, and the people are not satisfied. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll say Pogaccia could win the Tour this year. So, stay tuned for that sort of analysis. <laughs> Last year, Benji, 14 World Tour wins. Lombardia, Liège, Tour de France. What can you say, really? UAE was the most successful team out there, in my opinion, when it comes to the most important races. And it's mostly done by one rider. And that's where the discussion came from, I think, at the end of last season, where people were discussing what was the best team of 2021. And it depends on the perspective of the person saying it. If you think that one rider can be seen as a team, then yes, they were the best team when it comes to performances. If you look at... The depth of the squad, they were definitely not that last season. But uh, do you think that this year might change that? Well, I guess we'll uh, go into that in a second. But I think, yeah, Pogacar did it. The man did it to uh, Lombardia. <laughs> pretty big race to win. LBL, pretty big race to win. And then uh, the Tour de France, oh, yeah, second tier uh, one-week race, of course. But uh, yeah, if you win those all three, then you're arguably throwing your team to the top of the ranking in uh, most important teams of the year, quite certainly. Yeah, 14 World Tour wins. It's not actually, it's less than Bahrain, for example, and they didn't podium the Vuelta or the Giro, or I'm not sure where Michael or Co finished as well, whether they had top 10s. And the other three World Tour wins came from Gaviria, Polonia, which no one saw. Micah, a, a nice solo, actually. Micah, I thought, was quite good last year in the Tour and the Vuelta. Yeah. Vuelta stage 15 and Dombrowski Giro stage four. Um, right place, right time, good level. And he, he's moved on to Astana. But yeah, it's not. Well, I mean, people criticize UAE Benji for, oh, it's Pagachi, Pagachi, but like Yumbo, it's just Roglic and Wavanat too. So yeah, but- every team, it's a superstar sport. Every team, good, the best team should be relying on the superstar. Yeah, exactly. It's better to uh, pay 10 million towards Pogacar and win the Tour de France, then pay five, well, then pay 10 million around three riders that win races throughout the season but don't win the Tour de France. Exactly. So who would you rather be, De Koenig or UAE? I'd rather be UAE last year, even though De Koenig, yes, it's a deeper, deeper team. I think Benji, and I don't agree, but I think they think their incoming transfers provide deeper wins uh and i'm not exactly sure about that outgoing uh christian camillo munoz has gone from to epm scott he didn't pan out and ardilla is make or break year i think ria boshenko didn't really progress too much either the belarusian's gone to astana bistrom's gone with christoph to intermarche that kind of makes sense to be honest christoph is not looking like a consistent world tour winner but a consistent points getter so for intermarche Makes sense. Mercato retired. I think he's a DS somewhere now. Dela Cruz, I don't think they'll miss him, to be honest, either. He's gone to Astana along with Dombrowski and Conti. I think Bistrom, Benji, is actually the best of those guys to go. I don't really... Dela Cruz, okay, Dela Cruz can top 10 World Tour stage races and the Vuelta, but none of those guys are really moving the needle for me. 
Yeah, same story here. I think Ryabashenko was not really panning out the way they expected it to. Bisturm was a very uh, consistent domestique. And even on races where you don't expect him to do well, was it Andalusia last year on that couple hill where Hater was going crazy that he was in the yeah. first five-ish riders or somewhere on that steeper cobble climb? Like, this guy can surprise. And then that, was it Brugge de Pana two years ago, I think, where he was in the breakaway or at least the elite group that was echeloned throughout and then Vanderpool crashed towards the end, I think, that stage. Bisham was also very important in that last part of the race. Can be important as a domestique when it comes to basically keeping your leader outside of trouble in echelons and can be a domestique on the cobbles and is relatively versatile for a domestique that is usually mostly planned out on the cobbles. So I do think that that's the one where I'm looking for the, yeah, the most when it comes to a loss in this list. But I don't think there's anything irreplaceable in this list personally. I think every rider that left can be replaced. And uh, have they done that? I'm not sure. Yes, they did. Okay. Um, first of all, shall we talk about the sprinting additions? They yeah. have basically quite a few, right? Pascal Ackermann as a main sprinter. Then we've got Hodge as a sprinter with a bit of a cobble side to him. He won a few, uh, I think he won GP Vermark or something, a cobble kind of race at some point last year. And Felix Grosch might be a lead out or a young sprinter. So what do you expect from these three riders for the squad? Uh, I mean, if money's no object, it doesn't matter. But I wouldn't, for whatever they're paying these guys, I wouldn't have done it. Grosh is fine. He saw him sprinting slash leading out next to Gaviria in Saudi Tour, I think it was. And that was a bit of a mess. But listen, his first race, fine. Ackerman, I'd rather have Bennett and Ackerman. Say say Bennett's 2 mil. Say Ackerman's 1.3. Pay Bennett too would be how I would look at it. I think the difference is more than uh, 50% between the two in terms of world tour, you know, capability to get world tour wins. So, But you have a problem there though, because if you take Sam Bennett as well, then you'll have trouble because if you shout Bennett, then George is also going to react because he also signed for the team. So you got to think about the communication, man. <laughs> yeah, well, like Carapaz had to change his name, right? Because you can't have two Richies uh, yeah. at Ineos. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think it moves the needle too much. Joel Suter, they sign. Oh, oh sorry. I don't think they. I don't think they're in a good position to get the best out of Ackerman, who was already struggling at Bora with the lead yeah. out, etc. Their lead outs have been early doors here, but an absolute mess in all races so far this year. Suter looks good. He was on Bingo Al, Charles Salsa's WB, whatever WB is. Bastiat and now their star rider. Shout out, Bas. Wallonie Bruxelles. Wallonie Bruxelles. Okay. Um, he was he most notably was on the Switzerland team at Tour de Suisse last year. Came fourth on the stage uh, where Bissiger won, and he looked really good in Challenge Mallorca and really good in Etoile uh, de Bessege. He's twenty three, just looks good. Brunel is another sort of, I think he's a Tour de France potential domestique ruler for Pagacha. They're thinking Benji. I don't know. It. I feel like. Brunel had a bit of a weird transition. I think in 2019 and 2020, I was pretty hyped about him. I think 2020 was a year where he started really well off. Yeah, he got third in Bessage. He won a stage there, the first one, got fourth in the final time trial. And then it kind of started going uh, to the bad side. And it didn't really come out anymore after that. So, yeah, I feel like perhaps they think they can bring him back to the form that he was at the start of 2020 at some point. And 
try and hone in on those skills to make sure it can be used. But in all honesty, the last two years, I don't see him as a, a rider that I would have expected to go to UAE, and I don't see how he can help this squad. Uh, I think I think that's what they think they can get out of him because they've lost Bistrom Benji. I think he's the Bistrom replacement, they've, and they've lost like Vergard Stekelangen and Mikkel Bjerg, not peak Luke Rowe, that's for sure. On the uh, in well, peak Luke Rowe in Bond two stage is kind of weird last year. Well, that wasn't peak Luke Rowe. I'm saying their flat doms for Pagacha are not great. I don't think it's the it's a their major weakness of the team. Uh, Soler, they've signed from Movistar. I don't like good for him, I guess. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know. Is, is Soler is Soler on a long HC climb at the back end of a mountain stage going to close attacks if Pog's getting attacked or set a pace? Like, I guess Formolo did on stage eight last year, but. Looks like an overpayment, although I think he's a nice rider, a nice stage hunter for sure. Apparently, Eastwind was a fluke. It's not like you, you shouldn't pay him on the basis that he's going to clean up World Tour stage races, GC, again, but um, good stage hunter. And Almeida and Bennett, Benji. Bennett, they signed as well as a domestique in the mic, sort of similar to Micah. I think he can do that. I think he had a rough 21, could be better next year. Where do you see from Soler and Bennett? Are they just Tour de France mountain train alongside Micah? I think that is indeed the case. I think the issue there is that with Soler, we indeed have the Movistar history where he was inconsistent. He always thinks he's Contador in breakaways, which means that he attacks very heavily and then realizes he's not Contador and then falls back again and people beat him. Like, for example, Godwin that won a Vuelta stage as well, multiple times in the Tour de France in the past, that attack when Hirschi won that stage as well. So... Yeah, he's got that aspect when going breakaways. The thing is, when it comes to domestique roles, he's always had this like backup leader thing as well at Movistar. So he's not always been domestique. He had that once where he was in that breakaway and got called back, of course. But perhaps it was the Movistar that was doing it. Do you think there's hope with the fact that he's leaving Movistar and the new environment could help him do better in a domestique role? Yeah, I mean, he's getting paid. We're getting paid a, a lot of money, so, and I think the lines—it's the lines of communication will be a lot clearer. He will not be going to Tour de France as maybe the leader. Maybe we'll get some chances. I don't think yeah. that's what's happening. Uh, that'll be if he goes to the Tour, it'll be for one reason only. That'll be to ride for Pagacha, and maybe that actually is is better for him. He's like, I have a role. I do this role. I perform at it. Certainly possible. Uh, in terms of like, I think Micah is still. Gonna be better than him in the mountains, but Soler not bad at all of the shallow yeah. gradient stuff. Bennett, as I said, don't know. Almeida's the big one they've shelled out for the best GC rider on the market. Yeah, they snapped him up. Twenty-three years old. He just won Polonia, Skoda to Luxembourg, fourth and sixth at the Giro in back-to-back years. Third GC UAE, good TT, good one-day racer. Emilia Torino, etc. Just a good all-round rider, but he's not going to the Tour, Benji, and that's why I thought they signed him. I thought they were signing him because he is a really good guy at setting tempo on climbs and could be doing that for Pagacha and even as a backup leader maybe. Were you surprised when you saw he was announced for the Giro? Actually, no, because I believe McNulty can fill that role, the role of being secondary leader and the last domestique for Pagacha being a rider that can set tempo on not very steep climbs. I don't believe 
McNulty is good enough to be the actual prime leader, but I believe he can certainly be that man that you are saying as the man that can pace for Pogacar. And I think the goal with Almeida was not necessarily strengthening the to the front squad, but strengthening the depth of the Giro and the Vuelta in this year, for example. Now, yes, the Giro doesn't have many time trial kilometers, and Almeida has a lot of bad luck in that sense because he was planning to go for it, then saw the parkour, and then was like, okay, damn it. And then eventually still went for it. And then the Vuelta has time trial kilometers, fits him. And there the question is, is Pogacar also going to do the Vuelta after the Tour de France? That could be a, a great duo for the Vuelta as well. So I think their goal is trying to spread their eggs in multiple baskets to see if they can win more than the Tour de France. Because if you're not putting a step forward, you're basically staying on the same spot. I ruined that quote, okay. But <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> if Almeida, like, if they go to the Tour de France, they win the Tour de France again, it's the same as last year. So I think they want to expand on that. They want to get better in other races, in the other big races, and they want to dominate the entire sport instead of just the Tour de France. And the question there is, is that arrogance? Oh, Pogacar's going to win the Tour de France anyway. We don't need Almeida in the Tour de France to help him. Um, I, I was surprised. I was surprised. I thought he would do either Giro and then Tour de France's domestique, or he would. I thought Almeida would get. Pl- he's got plenty of chances. If you, listen, if you if you're a GC rider and you want mm-hmm. one week one week GC chances, UAE is still great to go to because Pogacar goes to Tirreno. Well, there's Paranese. There's Catalonia, there's uh, so many other races. Swiss, Romandy, Bologna. so many races. <laughs> Bologna, yeah, exactly. Like, can only go to so many, and they were not that competitive in the majority of them in GC. As Benji's saying, they want to get a deeper roster. But yeah, the Tour de France, it, yeah, like peak, say Almeida Benji's peak is port. Sort of TT guy, steady climber. He crashes less. He crashes a bit less, bonks a bit more. Um, Maybe good one week guy in Austin Sky would take Port to the Tour de France to be that real right hand man. Maybe Pog. I don't know. I, I see where you're coming from, Benji. Has Tour de France 2021, where he's won by five minutes, lured them into a false sense of security because Roglic wasn't there because he crashed out. Yeah. And maybe we get to th- week three, Yumbo Visma have Jonas, Koos, and Roglic in a group. Mike has gone. And it's just Pogacar. And Roglic is close to Pogacar on GC and Jonas is as well. And then he'd be like, damn, I, I wouldn't mind some URL Almeida right now to just pace, yeah. pace this, set a pace on the front, like Kuz did for Jonas on Ardaden or one of the last mountain stages. So, yeah, it's surprising. Good for Almeida, though, Benji. Listen, maybe he wouldn't have signed there if, if he didn't get GT leadership somewhere in the year because he had, all, he had other offers. Yeah, perhaps it was also a consequence of the Giro with Remco by his side, where afterwards there was a lot of talk about the leadership and so forth during the race. There was a lot of, yeah, probably some awkward tension behind the scenes and also in front of the scenes, because it was pretty obvious that they had two riders that could be leader in that race. So perhaps he wanted to have leadership in a Grand Tour for certain, and therefore he wanted that Giro for certain, and he probably might not want to do the Giro Tour double. And as a consequence, the Vuelta is the, the next one in line. You know which race they are both being sent to, the most important race of the year, UAE yeah. Tour. <laughs> They're both going to be there. So that'll be <laughs> that's, that's their, their Tour de France. So it'll be interesting to see them there. But yeah, I, I'm expecting, I don't know, I'm interested to see what happens with Almeida. I'm not confident 
They've got a lot of riders here, Benji, coming from, I would say, better performance setups. I rate Yumbo, I rate Borod, and I certainly rate Koenig when respective sprinters like fake. You know, the pattern is very clear with sprinters leaving Quickstep. We all know that. Coming to UA, I'm not convinced they are as as good at preparing their riders, generally speaking, compared to those teams, just performance-wise. Tactics, slightly different, but yeah. uh, I think Pagacha's just complete uber-talent. Anyway, before we get on to their Giro, Tour de France, Cobbled squads, etc., of which is actually doing a few of them, I mentioned our show partner, Zwift. We had an awesome time at the first LRCP Zwift group ride on Tuesday. We will be continuing those every Tuesday at 6 p.m. UK time, 7 p.m. European time for the rest of February. So make sure you check those out if you're on Zwift or maybe if you want to get on Zwift, you can check out at Zwift.com in the link below for your seven-day free trial to see what it's all about there's nine unique worlds, including fantasy locations like Watopia and real-life locations like UCI World Championships courses. So thanks to Zwift for supporting the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. Cobble Squad Benji, a bit of a mixed bag here, including Pagacha apparently doing Dwarzdur and then RVV at the back end of it. Yeah, it's uh, interesting, huh? I feel like uh, when it comes to Pagacar, he's done the Tour de France. He hasn't done two Grand Tours in a season yet. That is yet to be seen and perhaps might happen this year. He announced that he might do that. And he also did that last year, announcing it, but not riding them eventually. So the question is, will he do that? But when it comes to other races, he also did the Hill Classics. And I think this year is where he wants to expand into the Gold Races and be more versatile into those races as well. And to be honest, I I kind of see it. I went into his history. I found a picture of like basically Kiddo Pogacar, Little Poggy. Somehow, <laughs> and um, I I f- I found that he actually had a pretty good result in the uh, was it Paris Roubaix Espoir, and it's actually a race that is not like a shady cobble race. It's actually with proper cobble sections and so forth, and therefore I do truly believe that Pogacar can do well in cobble stages. We might have a hot take about it towards the end. He's the best cobbled rider in all cobbled races. Yeah. That's kind of true, and that's the question I want to ask. Like his team is not that great surrounding him. Trentin, Lengen, Rui Oliveira, Oliveira being the guy that I think got top thirty-five somewhere in E3. But then Akerman is also doing all the cobble race, and I'm like, okay, I didn't expect that. Really? I mean, what's he done before? Has he? I'm probably. It depends, like which Ackerman is turning up because Ackerman's you know third at. Oxyclean, the class, classic Brugge de Panna, but like Dwarz Dua and RVV are way too hard for him. I'm trying to look here. Has he been Roubaix? Is he doing Roubaix? Damn. Yeah. Has he done? He's DNF Ken Wevelhem last time. Yeah, not the strongest. Not the strongest sprinter. He's not not in it solo. I think Trent, the problem is, the reason I say Pagacha is because Pagacha looks faster than Trent in, in a sprint right now. Like, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just yes. like Trenton's sprint has looked gone. Lately. It's garbage. Like, yeah, it's it's not been great. Maybe he turns it around. Like I like I like Trenton. I think he's he, and he seems to be he's active with Schilbert and the the riders union, etc. I think he's a great guy. But yeah, his sprint looks a little bit a little bit gone, and maybe he should focus on his climbing or whatever. I don't know. 
I'm not here to give advice to Matteo Trentin. He can, he's smart enough. But yeah, it's not a, it's, it's their weakest part of their squad. Trentin, Ackerman, as you said, Benji will do the early ones and then Pogaccia comes in for the later couple of classics. Maybe Brunel. I mean, Mikel Bjerg, isn't that what he... Like, you can't just be a flat dominant. He wasn't just signed, Benji, to be a flat domestique. Like, he was signed as a really big, talented guy. Um, so what what's happening with his classics? I was wondering, like, wouldn't he benefit from doing a few of these cobble races as well and, and kind of a, a look at the Tour de France cobble stage because they're going to want to try and keep some people with Pogacar in that race as well on those cobble races. It won't be George Bennett most likely. So why not have a Bjerg ride those cobble races, get used to it as well to make sure that in the Tour de France he can play a role in positioning Pogacar at the start of each cobble section. So that's where I saw the value in that. And... I, I don't know. We, I, I don't think he was signed up for them, but I could be wrong in that. I think Trenton's not a bad, not bad in in that role. But yeah, probably not the strongest part of their. He's not squad. writing it. Is he not doing according it? According to, according wow. to the current planning, Trenton is not going okay. to the Tour de France. Damn, I would have thought they'd have him in there. Hill Classics is completely opposite. Stack team. Uh, Pagacha, he or she who had he had a hip surgery or something, Benji? Yeah, I don't know any, anything more than that. I just know that he had a hip surgery apparently. Okay, so hopefully he's back in time. Micah McNulty, McNulty in the he won that Mallorcan race. Surely McNulty is an option now in those hilly classics. Yeah. Uh, Trenton for Amstel, Almeida as well. Surely Almeida should be doing some of these classics early in the season, one would think. Uh, it's a much better, it's a, it's a good squad. Ulysses, ah, Ulysses is not as good as those guys. But yeah, Pogaccia, LBL, Lombardia, and Flesh. Do you think who's better, he, Peak Hirschi Benji or Pogaccia for Flesh? Peak Hirschi, um, because he won Flesh, right? Or yeah. was that the year where Alaphilippe did not ride it? I Correct. don't remember yeah. it for certain. Alaphilippe didn't. Turn. Uh, but I still believe that Hirschi at Peak is better at. Mudahuid and uh, Bogacaris. When it comes to McNulty, I believe he should ride it indeed because he's still got quite some time before the Tour de France as well. When it comes to Almeida, probably the reason that he's not doing it is because he wants oh, yeah, to do the Giro will. and wants to have the perfect run-in for that, I'm guessing. So probably that's the reason. But yeah, Pogacar is the man, I guess. I, even for Amstel, Trentin is signed up, but I'd be aiming to go for Pogacar because like you said, I trust the sprint more at the moment and therefore... Uh, He's the all-out leader there. And I think that's a trend that sets in every race that Pogaccia starts for UAE. Literally in every race he starts, he is one of the leaders, quite certainly, and if not, the top leader in each race. So that's wonderful to see for him. But it's uh, it's kind of fearful for the riders like Hirschi, who signed up for this team expecting to have a role in Hill Classics and had a bit of an off year. And if Hirschi returns to top again, I, I think he will be more easily put into a, a domestique role than Pogaccia will. Yeah, if yeah, if that happens, he's had a lot of issues since he came turned up at UAE. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe Pogaccia skips LBL and goes Lombardia. That could happen probably probably this year. Their Giro squad will be Almeida, Formolo, Costa, Kovi, Richese, who's come like out of retirement. <laughs> I think Ulisi and who are they they're missing a sprinter. I think Milano might go Benji. I think they will take like a sprinty guy, I don't know, and maybe Polans or another um, mountain domestique. Does Formolo know that Almeida's a leader? 
I think he does. There was this like thingy for a bit where some article came out that was referring to Formula OS saying that he also wants freedom or leadership in some way or wants to go free for stages. But I don't think that was actually the case. I think that was just a case of a mistranslation. So hopefully that was indeed a mistranslation because Formula o should not be having leadership in this race. Perhaps on one of those hill stages he can go for that, but I wouldn't. I would leave Formula o chained to Almeida the entire race and I would let Kovi go on those hill stages like a stage 8 and a 10. On the 10th stage of the Giro 2022, we will see a victory from Kovi, as Mr. Lance Rouge said himself in our Giro preview. I checked an hour ago, to be sure. Really? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, those stages, and I want to see him uh, freed up, because Kovi's definitely going to win a Giro stage this year. I can feel it. And the question there is, like, you've got riders like Ulysses and so forth. Those are riders that could also go in breakaways, also win stages. Kosta, I think he's going to be chained. He should be. He's not looking like his Saudi tour performance where he's done better in the previous years was not good, not at his top level. Uh, I think Almeida can big big contender for stage one. The question is, does Ulysses or Almeida or Costa? They've like yeah. literally any any of the guys that we just read out can would think they'd be thinking when they put their head on their pillow at night, yeah, I can yeah. win that stage. Except maybe Richelieu, but Almeida can win it. We saw in Torreno he was yeah. uh, strong, if not tactically not great on that sort of uphill drag and I think they should I think they're gonna light it up. I think UA are gonna light that up and try and win the stage. Like they did with was Ulysses on their team when he won Agrigento? I think he was, uh, in Giro twenty twenty where they lit it up. They should win some stages there. Yeah, I agree. I also wanted to add when it comes to the sprinting. Um we've got Richese in this race for certain. At the start at the start of this season, Richese did not have a contract, but we decided to uh, extend it as Richese was unable to find a contract, even though he has that history of being a good lead-out. Last year, it didn't really come out, let's be honest about it. But he's now going to the Giro and planned for the Giro. So if you have a lead-out, you've got, you got to send a sprinter. You mentioned Milano. Gavidia is saying that he won't ride a Grand Tour. so Or he's not sure that he will ride a Grand Tour. I've got a feeling that that's going to change. I think that Gavidia will end up riding the Giro anyway. I mean, Ackerman's the one that, if he wants to get a Giro stage, this is the one to go for. Like, all right, it looks his schedule yeah. looks like he's going to wait till the Vuelta, but yeah. Gaviria doesn't look great, and he's going to be. I'm surprised he's not going to the Giro, frankly. Anyway, Almeida would be one of the big big favourites for the for the Giro to beat Carapaz. Tour de France, the big one. Pagacha, Bennett, Bjerg, Hirschi, Mike, McNulty, Soler are the indicative. Uh, team list, although of course Bagatia is an absolute lock. The question, the thing that's light, well, a there's no Jan Palance there, interesting. B it's very light on flat control, cobbled experience, and the first six stages of this Tour de France start in Denmark and northeast France, and has a cobbled stage on stage five. And I just don't think Bjerg is. I, I just I don't think he's enough. And I think that is where Ineos and Jumbo Visma can put pressure on Pagacha. The one stage that UAE looked the least bit vulnerable last year was stage seven, where they couldn't control the Rulo breakaway with Wout It ended up not mattering whatsoever. That was the one stage where there was a half-hour moment where UAE's domestiques kind of looked like they were panicking when they just couldn't close the gap. And uh, who do you – or do you think it's fine, Benji, and they don't need – 
like need another man, or is Vergard Steker Langen going to go as well? I'd indeed feel more safe if uh, if we have another one of those flat people in this race, quite certainly to support the team. Yes, Bier can play that role. Yes, Langen could fill up that role. Is that going to be enough? It was enough to relatively keep control in the 2021 Tour de France. So I guess adding Langen could help. I think McNulty can also do that work a bit as well. But would you want to do that? Because he's a bit your backup leader, basically, in this squad, in my opinion. So I wouldn't be putting him at the front in a stage like that. So, like you say, it's it's light on that aspect, and I think that's where they're vulnerable. I wouldn't expect that to happen on the cobble stage, personally, because I actually just expect a lot from Pogacar himself on the cobble stage. So, unless it opens up before the cobbles, I believe he can position himself well and follow people on the cobble. So, I I have confidence there. Now, what I see in this squad is that Micah was a solid domestique in the Tour de France. He had that stage win in the Vuelta. McNulty, well... He crashed very early on in the Tour de France, and to be fair, we didn't get to see peak McNulty in the Tour de France. Do you think that he might be more eager as a backup leader than the Tour de France 2021, just in case? No. no. Absolute domestique. All out Pogacar. 100% domestique, yeah. Yeah. He deserves it, Pogacar, to be... (laughs) McNulty's just not the Jonas Jonas level. Um, so I just yeah. don't see it as plausible that he that he can do that. Uh, he's good, but yeah, I think he is good all round rider. Still developing one week stage races fine with heavy TTKs, but this tour no Grenon stage big trouble for him based on previous the last year or so. Uh, I I do think Brunel or Trentin, uh, someone like that, should be in the Tour de France team as well. And we don't, we didn't read out eight names, so I'm sure they will add in some flat domestiques, but. Yep, Pagatch will be the tour favourite. Still a good, pretty good squad. And uh, but no Formolo Benji actually, uh, even though he was quite no. good last year. Yeah. I guess I guess Soler can fill that role. Vuelta, Pagatch is apparently going to go. Do you think if he wins Tour, he'll go? I think he. Um, it's difficult, you know, because last year he said that he was going to go to a Vuelta as well until he won the Tour de France and then decided yeah. to go for Lombardia. <laughs> I think this year he will go to the Vuelta because Lombardia is not a goal needs to be chased anymore because he won it already. So I believe that Pogaccio will ride the Vuelta and he tour de France for the first time in his career. And I, um, well, might have a hot take about that too towards the end of this podcast. <laughs> so uh, I'm looking forward to diving into those. But when it comes to that Vuelta team, Almeida's there. So potentially we see Almeida Pogi for the first time since the UAE tour, unless they come together somewhere in between. But I don't think so schedule-wise. Uh, next to that, Ackermann has sprinting. There's quite a few flat sprints in the Vuelta this year, so there's an opportunity there to try something. We've seen the likes of Gerben Tyson getting second in sprint stage and so forth in the Vuelta. I think it was behind Ackermann when Bennett got disqualified or something. Vaguely remember some situation like that. But um, I hope that we see Ackermann back in a decent form because I, I just hate seeing it. Like DeMar, Viviani, Ackermann, they all had a bit of bit of an off year or off years so i like seeing those riders back into a form where they can compete for sprints because i like seeing more and more sprint competition i like analyzing sprints and if if we have one rider being better than the rest and then a few riders behind it i don't like that so i'd like to be uh seeing more top sprinters and the question there is who's his lead out because right now there's no one signed up that nobody has a lead out (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah I don't know. 
Pogaccio would probably be the best. Seriously, Pogaccio would be the best laid out for him on that based on that list. Uh, that's it's all mountain guys. Felix uh, Grosch is he old yeah, enough? Grosch will go, go to a Grand Tour. Engie, oh, okay. mate, if they if they can drive, they go on a two. They can go to two, no. maybe three Grand Tours a year. If they can, Ayuso is not going to any Grand Tour. Well, that's a mistake. I mean. I, I think there is a consistent under expectation of what 22 to 24 year old riders can do. And people might not be good at 30 or as good. So anyway, that's the By the way, discussion. We don't see Joel Sutter signed up for any ground run. I feel like he could actually play that role in the Tour de France of being a rider pacing. True. That makes, that's a good point. So I think I think UAE are definitely a wait and see who does well in these one week World Tour races that we we have coming up shortly with Paris, Toronto, Catalonia, etc. In March, uh, anyway, over under time, Benji. They, they've usually been about 10, 11, and last year fourteen World Tour wins. UAE. I'm setting with with the addition of Almeida and Soler and Ackerman and Bennett. I have to bump it up uh, a little bit more, despite. Yeah, they haven't really lost anyone except Dombrowski. I'm going 16 and a half, mm-hmm. and I'm taking the under. I'm taking the over. Okay. 16 and a half over under. All righty. And yeah, who and do, do, think, you, uh, do you think Pagacha? Do you think Pagacha's taking like 10 or 11 again? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because uh, he's not really? only going to the Tour de France in my mind, also to the Vuelta. So that adds yeah, three true. more potential stage wins in Six. that race. So. Combine that with the Tour de France also getting two to three stage wins. Combine that to UAE Tour getting a Jabel Hafid finish. That's seven stage wins. And then we're looking at, is he going to Slovenia again this year? I am guessing that he... Oh yeah, you're right. That's not World Tour, but it should be in our hearts. He's going to... Uh, what race? Tireno. He's going to win the mountaintop finish. Uh, well, no, it's a de- descent finish. Uh, yeah, the Campania exactly. stage. So that's eight. And then we are looking at my hot take of the day. Pogaccio wins the Tour of Flanders. So we've got uh, nine, right? Am I counting correctly? And then he's going yeah. to win. I don't know, he's going to find something throughout the season to win extra. Then it's probably going to be hard for Pogaccio, actually. <laughs> True. And then I made a Polonia. Solera win one. McNulty, I think, will win one or two. Yeah, damn. Colby okay. Giro stage. Yeah, Colby Giro. Ulysses obviously has to take a Giro stage. 16 and a half. I'm still, t- I'm, I'm still taking the under. Joel Suter will probably be the one that tips it over. Uh, hot takes, Benji. You said Pagacha will win the Tour of Flanders. I think, um, I think they don't podium a Grand Tour. Jesus fuck, what the fuck? <laughs> Are you yeah, insane? <laughs> I don't think they do. I think, yeah, I just don't see it. That's uh, my gut take. I don't think they're playing <laughs> a I don't think UAE playing a grand tour. The squad's a little bit light in, in some parts. I think the signings are overpaid and overrated. And um, Oh, yeah, I've got a second hot take. <laughs> I think they win every single Grand Tour of the season. <laughs> Almeida, Giro, Pogacar, Tour and Volta. Well, they'll be the favorite for two of them, and I'll make the second favorite this year. So, um, my, my Mate, take it's hot. is not just... What team has won all three? My take is Does Sky okay. do it? Does Peak Sky do <laughs> no. it? No. Uh, they won 
toured Vuelta Giro and arrived 17, 18, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Regardless, even if we are a bit skeptical, or I'm a bit skeptical at UAE's strength and depth, they will be the favourites for the Tour de France and pretty much any race that Pagacha, stage race Pagacha turns up to on the general classification. So they'll be pretty having a pretty good year if all goes to plan for them. The UAE, though, have acquired the LA BTC Ljubljana team. It's now called the UAE Team ADQ, Women's World Tour Team. And last year, they were pretty good, actually. They developed Marlon Rosa. She won a fair few races, including uh, uh, Simak Ladies Tour stage and Ceres at Challenge stage from the breakaway. And although not on their team, she won the European Championships, ITT. So she's, but she's gone now, uh, unfortunately for them. And ba- Mavi Garcia won Giro dell'Emilia. Bastianelli was won four sprints, including a Tour de Suisse sprint and a women's tour sprint at the end of the year. So a pretty good squad. Uh, Bujak as well, quite a good Slovenian rider uh, on the squad. But they've got a few transfers out, Benji, like they lost Royce. How, how do you rate their season last year, given that they don't really have – they didn't have a huge star. They don't have – like Garcia's just a little bit below the – Van der Breggen, Van Vleuten, Nivydoma sort of level. Yeah, I think they did good with what they had. Reuser was their uh, their strongest rider in the season, in my opinion. Garcia was obviously a strong rider as well, but like you mentioned, a bit under the top level, which means that she's able to acquire those top 10s in GC and also in Hill Classics and so forth. And I think she's going to likely be one of the stars in 2022, though, as the team has lost some strength. Kind of surprised that... Trusina's leaving. Wasn't she one of those riders or the rider that was pretty poor in a descent, but was winning a race or was she second in that one stage uh, last year? I think we spoke about it on the podcast. I thought she won a Vuelta a Burgos stage, yeah, from the breakaway, which was like one of the, it was a crazy win, actually. Um, like you rarely see it. The bunch started chasing way too late, really, really strong there. I think she even dropped. Um, she drops someone else in the break off her wheels. Really, really yep. strong. So right. I don't know. Maybe she'll kick on. She's twenty. She was twenty-five, or she was twenty-six then. And I don't know. She was good at Trevelle Veracina. I think one week, one day races like hilly ones like that. She can, yeah. she can do well. But yeah, they don't resign her. So is that? Oh wow, is she fake? not on any team? Nope. Ooh, that's weird. <laughs> okay must be some reason we don't know most likely so uh let's not go off that solely but <laughs> i think that's certainly a, a loss for the squad Reuser quite definitely and Guderzo also a strong rider but are they bringing strong riders as a consequence they're bringing in talent in my opinion i think one of the ones that i'm looking at that came in was maria novolotskaya i think she had a really decent if not good 20 or 21 season for a 22 year old we note that in the couple season, for example, she was getting a top 20 in Wevelgem and so forth. So she got in that final group that sprinted for the victory. And next to that, a 17 spot at Skelderprijs. That's perhaps the less extensive one, but I'm more looking at the Hill Classics. 13 for Amstel, 15 at LBL, 21st at La Fleche. This is potentially a stronger rider in this team in the making, if not already one of the stronger riders in this team when it comes to perhaps the last woman in the squad to help out Mavi Garcia on those hill classics. Yeah, I think Garcia, I don't know, she's just not the solution in terms of 
like she's just a little bit, or not a little bit, like she was quite a bit behind in the Hill Classics. Um, I don't know. It's It seems like a bit of a transition year, this one. They've just acquired the team. They haven't made any huge signings. It seems to be quite a late announcement. And as you said, they're signing a lot of, uh, quite a lot of younger riders. They also have a rider from the UAE Emirates, uh, Safiya al Sayeh. She's 20 years old. And Benji, honestly, I think they're going to just try and be as consistent as possible with Mavi Garcia, winning a big one, uh, one day race, world tour race with her. Seems unlikely. They're going to try and win sprints with Bastianelli, which, spoiler, they already did in the, one of the first women's races of the year with the Vuelta Ciclista Valenciana Feminas. She won that sprint. Their lead out looks good, to be honest. They have Birdit Solo for that. They had Anna Trevisi, did a good lead out for her there. And yep. I just think that's the plan. And then next year, they'll maybe go after a big star. Yeah, I think so as well. But I also think that Garcia can deliver, for example, a top five in the Tour de France Femme. Because she's going there, you know that. Bastianelli is going to go yeah. there as a, their sprinter. And that might actually open, offer an opportunity, the extensive calendar now, that Garcia might pick up one of those one-week races or smaller races that perhaps doesn't have the, the big ones on the start list. Because obviously they can't ride every single race anyway. So honestly, I, I still think she's a, a good bargain for her money, most likely for the squad to be consistently delivering results like you mentioned. Not necessarily winning all the time, but getting top fives, top sixes, something like that in stage races and in those hill classics. I think that's a, a good thing for the squad. In all honesty, when it comes to the rest of the squad, there's no one out there that I'm saying, like, this is the leader. Like, I think it's mainly Bastianelli and Mavi Garcia and, for example, Novolotskaya if she gets better, stuff like that. But I do believe they've got riders in there that are quite strong in their domestic department, but... I'm not saying that they're going to be outrageously strong. I think when we look at, for example, Erika Magnalti, who also joined the squad after Seratizit, um, after being at Seratizit WNT for, I think, three years, she's also pretty strong, also in those Hill Classics. So I think their strongest squad is arguably their Hill Classics and perhaps their sprint train at the moment. Do you see that the same? I just, yeah, sprint, sprint and cobbles mate bastianelli is just good all-rounder like she can win Ken Babelham out of a group i think with the right lead out i just she's yeah. still so good the rider and i didn't realize they'd signed her and i actually asked her after her world championships win and she's a bit non-committal i was like you staying on the track she was a track she was doing a lot of track uh work elena ivanchenko 18 you know and yeah oh, okay she won the itt the women's junior you know, world championships, like a lot of riders win juniors and it doesn't mean much. She beat Zoe Baxter by 11 seconds. Zoe Baxter yeah. is absolutely cracked. So maybe she's their star. She cleaned the junior scene in Turkey. She won Europeans ITT as well by a fair margin, like 32 seconds on a 22K course. And she's probably the most talented signing they, they've made. And I... Who knows what she can do? Enough more. Hopefully, she's doing more of a road focused schedule. And just just look out for Elena Ivanchenko uh, in the Cobble Classics. Yeah. As a, she's TT focus. Yeah, I think it's uh, a bit early to do it this year yet, but uh, I do think that she can be valuable. She's eighteen still, so I don't know. I don't. I don't expect her to be in the biggest races yet in the first season. But then again, we saw at Uno X the other day where 
We had Atosalo, the 18-year-old on that squad, getting sixth as well in the uh, first race of the season of Volta, Classica, whatever, Comunitat Valenciana thingy, Feminas thingy. So, yeah, in total, the youngsters are definitely getting opportunities faster than on the men's side of the sport because the teams are smaller and therefore they need to sign up riders to uh, races that they might not be ready for yet or they might surprise us in those races that we expect them not to be ready yet. I think she's cracked. I think she, she'll she surprise people this year. Even though she's 18, she's, okay. she looks really, really good. And to be backstep, you got to be good. Um, so just look out for her. But yeah, it's what will be interesting with this team, and as Benji said, it'll probably be Bastion only for sprints, Garcia for GC at the Tour de France, Fermavec Swift, will be who are they signing next year? Because I, I still think they want to make a splash. Anamiek van Vleuten's out of contract. Do they... You know, like they have the template in the men's team, Benji. If you want to win the tour, just get the best GC rider and then everything else will sort itself out. Do they go after Anamique with a big offer? Uh, if they, you know, this team presumably has a decent budget if it's, you know, the UAE now back team. So, or, oh, yeah. Or they go the way they did with Pogacar and they sign a youngster that could be very good in the future like Pogacar was when he joined UAE, in the sense of Catablanca Vash, who's also currently out of contract at the end of the season. Really? Jeez. I think so. Wow. Right? So, Am I stupid? No, you, you might be wrong, but you, you might... doesn't mean you're stupid. Um, oh, I appreciate that, my friend. I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, Vash is signed till twenty twenty end of 2023. So she's... She's locked in for a next another year and a half, oh, okay. so she's not available for twenty three. Uh, but yeah, there's there's going to be some competition for GC riders, I think, and I expect them to try and poach Anamik. That would make a lot of sense to me. But yeah, that was the interesting to see the moves teams are making. A team like UAE now being like, we need to get in on the women's uh, world tour scene and acquiring or name title sponsorship of the previously known LABTC Ljubljana team. Obviously, the Slovenian links, Ljubljana key in the name, to the team. So the Slovenian riders like Bujak already on there. And yeah, it makes it made a lot of sense. And we'll see what happens with this team. I think this is just a transition year and we'll see what they really want to do uh, next year. Watch out for Ivanchenko. But thanks for listening, as always, to the UAE Team Emirates slash the uae team adq team previous to 2022 we hope you enjoyed it thanks to zwift as always for supporting the lantern rouge cycling podcast and we'll see you in the next one ciao